Welcome to the APAC Prophetic Women's Conference 2020, a company of women living at the feet of Jesus Christ and radiating His love to the world around them. This conference is organized by Streams International Church, a church that started in Townsville in 2007 and has now reached Sydney, Brisbane, Adelaide and Port Moresby. For more information, visit www.streams.org.au or call 1-300-361-971. You are about to hear an inspiring message from the heart of our Lord Jesus Christ that will change your life forever. Prepare your spirit and tune into God's Word. The first Sunday, he will be itching on the, on the seat. And then before you know it, he starts jumping up and down. Hallelujah! You know, when, when people are preaching. And before you know it, they'll be asking him, are you a pastor? Are you a what? So I was like, oh, my husband is not here. I can hide here. So um, in the city where I was, so I'm, I'm, I'm like sitting there, but mm, I didn't hide for long. So my pastor said to me that I am running a series on a Wednesday, a teaching series. And I am asking some people in the church, they don't hold any positions, but I'm just asking them to teach for this series. So can you teach uh, on one of these Wednesdays? He said, I'm giving you whatever number of Wednesdays you need. If you have a series and you need three Wednesdays, you can have three Wednesdays. Or you need two or you need one. There were several people. It was not just me. I was 26 years old. And um, I said, okay, I will do that. And I went to pray and to see God on what I must teach this church about. And God spoke to me very powerfully in the area of purpose. I will never forget. So for three Wednesdays, I was teaching about purpose. And I was only 26. And the things that God was telling me, I knew some of these things. I knew that God is laying for me a path that I'm going to walk in. I knew that he's talking to me about the chapters that have been behind me and where I am going to. And I remember one of the men of God there came to me and said, young lady, what you have taught, you must write a book. I said, I've never heard anything like this. And I had never thought of writing books or anything like that, but he told me that this thing needs to get into a book. Since that time until today, that message has never left me. But the reason I was not writing anything on this message was because I knew at the time God was talking to me, I was too far behind in this journey that God was showing me. And I didn't want to write anything that was theory that I could not substantiate with my own life to the people. And I just knew that one day, each one of these steps I'm going to take in my life. And in 2018, I began to write. I will, I will read for you what I wrote. My son Merari there, I sent, I sent it to him because Merari is such a good writer. So I, I said, can you read this thing? And uh, I think he, what, what comment did he make? Um, <laughs> he was in Malawi at the time. So I said, son, I am writing a book. Read just a glimpse of the book. Okay. I want to find it. Oh, thank you, Jesus. 
Just speak in tongues for it to meet. Thank you, Jesus. My God. My God, my God, my God. My God. Okay. Okay. I do not have the exact text I had sent Merari because he had um, another phone. I wanted to see what he responded, but it was very good things. But let me just read to you the little thing, uh, a, a glimpse of what I wrote. My book I'm titling, I titled it, What God Taught Me About Purpose. Okay? And my introduction, I wrote like this. I said, how it all started. This is a book I have longed to write since 2006 when I delivered a sermon at my local church in Malawi in a small town called Zomba. At that time, there was a strange awareness in my spirit of something bigger or greater that lied deep within me that was greater than the career I was pursuing at that time, a lecturer at the local university of Malawi, Chansa College. When my pastor gave me the opportunity to teach on a subject that the Lord would lay on my heart, after seeking the Lord further with prayer and fasting, I had a deluge of understanding on the subject of purpose. My God. As I delivered it, it challenged me as I knew that somehow this would be the story of my life. My God. And that that story had scarcely begun and was nowhere near completion. Hmm. That this career that I loved and others admired of me was not it. And that somehow there was an unknown beyond the current day. That if I would embrace would be the destiny that God had for my life. Since that time, the solid concreteness of this message has never left my heart. For years, I have been excited with the idea of purpose. However, I have always restrained myself from speaking on the topic, as I have always been aware of the fact that I am not yet there. I have not yet fulfilled the last chapter of this book. However, as years have gone by, this last chapter has become very clear to me. Remember, I'm writing in 2018. By that, I mean the vision of that last chapter is something I can articulate. Because at that time, I could see it more clear. It's something I can articulate, even though I'm not yet fully walking in it. Having said that, though, I know it's only steps away. And by the time this book is published, I might already be living in the mission of that vision. My goodness. That thing moves even me. I can't even believe that it's me who wrote that thing. That was in 2018 when I wrote it. And these have been things in my heart since I was 26 since I was very, very young. 
But as I got to 2018, I could see clearly that last chapter beginning to unfold. And now I can write the book, even though I am at the very tip of the last chapter. I'm not even there anywhere, but I'm at the tip. But I can see it now. You know, the way you begin to walk, as you walk closer to something, even though you haven't stepped into it, you can see it more clearly. That's what I'm talking about. So it did not start today. What is purpose? Purpose is the reason something was created. The reason why something exists. If it is uh, a toy, if it is uh, a thing, a car, there is a reason why it was created or why it exists. Purpose for you is the reason why you were created. The reason why you live. The reason why you are here on this earth. You are not an accident. That is purpose. You may say now, but, what, but do I really have a specific purpose for me? I know that God has created people. I know that God has created all of us. But what if he has just bundled us together? Does it mean that there is anything specific for me? That's a good question. I want us to read in Jeremiah chapter 1. Jeremiah chapter 1, somebody, from verse 4 to verse 7. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. My God. Thank you, Jesus. Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. And I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. But the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child. For thou shalt go to all that I send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. The word of the Lord came unto me. Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. So if you're asking yourself, is there something specific for me? Is there something specific for grace? Is there something specific for Jean? Is there something specific for Sarah? Is there something specific? The Bible says, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. Now listen to the scripture. God says that there was a time I actually formed you. I told you that it is all about purpose. The way that you look like. Because God says, before I made you the way you look, I knew you first. And I have studied the scripture. What does it mean, I knew you? What does that mean? What does that mean? You know, when, when you have met someone before, or you have read of them, or you have seen them on TV or something, and you can be talking amongst yourselves, somebody can bring up a subject and you go like, oh, I know that person. Because you remember them 
from when you met them, maybe you were with them at school, maybe you know their personality, maybe you saw them on TV or something. So those knowledge of that person are stuck in your mind of whatever aspects of the person that you know. So you can say, I, I know that person that you're talking about. You don't need to see them. The person doesn't need to be here for you to say, I know the person. Are you hearing me? So you didn't need to physically exist for God to know you. So God know, knew you. So when you were born and he looked at you, he said, I know this one. This is the one I have ordained to be a prophet to the nations. This is the one I have ordained to be a kingdom financer. This is the one I have ordained. God says he already knew. So in his mind, first and foremost, you existed in the mind of God. Come on, somebody. First and foremost, before he molded you to make your leg long or short, to make you black or white, to make you whatever it is, to give you to your parents, before he did that, the Bible says, first you existed in the thoughts of God. He could picture you just the way you are. And then after that, he formed you. He formed you. Just to look the way you look. For the purpose that he knew. So Jeremiah is just sitting at home. Jeremiah is not even knowing that God knew him. That God formed him in the mother's womb. Jeremiah doesn't know. He is busy playing. The Bible says he was young. So maybe he's in his teenagers. I don't know. Maybe he's playing basketball. Or maybe he's watching TikTok or something. And while he's busy laughing, the word of the Lord comes to him and says, By the way, before I formed you in your mother's womb, he's actually saying to him, Understand that you're not just starting now. You're not just starting now. Those of you who are watching me, <laughs> you're not just starting the day you were born. God knew you first in his mind. And now when he looks at you, he says, I know this one. I know this one. My God. My God. David said that, you know, the thoughts that God will have for me, they are too wonderful for me. I cannot understand this kind of knowledge. Because he said, you know me too much that I cannot comprehend this kind of knowledge. He said, this knowledge is too high for me. My God. Go to Psalm 139, verse 16. I don't think I gave you media guys that verse. I'll give you a bit of time. Go to Psalm 139. Open your Bibles, ladies. Psalm 139 and verse 16. I just want to show you something there really quickly. Oh, my God, my God, my God. I can feel it in my spirit. He says, thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect. And in thy book, all my members were written, which in continuous were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. My God. 
You saw my substance. It was not even a fetus at that time. Substance. God said, I, I, I saw that. And all your members were written. If you go into other versions, let me read another version of this, of this one. It's too good. I don't want you to miss it. Psalm 139. Mm. My God. Amplified version of the same verse says, Your eyes have seen my unformed substance. And in your book were all written the days that were appointed for me, when as yet there was not one of them. So God wrote even your days. There is a book for you in heaven. There is a book for you in heaven. Where even your members are written. Do you know when God says that the, even the hairs are all numbered? He doesn't mean that it's one, two, three, four. Oh, Ule has got one million hairs. No, 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 no. It's gods. Like one of them has a god. Whether it is, I don't know. Whether it is what color. Whether B represents black, so it means it's B, D, D, zero, zero, whatever. Is a god God has given to one. One. I can't even touch one. I try to touch one, I touch 20. One. One. One hair has a cord. They are all written in your book in heaven. This is every part of her body. These are her days. Her days doesn't mean she will live 20 years, she will live 90 years. Uh -uh -uh -uh. Her days are things that you must be doing in your day. Things are written for your days. Already. My goodness, you have a purpose. You have a purpose. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 to 10. I'm still answering the question, do I have a specific purpose? I'm still there. We have read Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 4 to 7. A good teacher repeats, right? Jeremiah 1, verse 4 to 7. We have read Psalm 139, verse 16. And now we are reading... Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 to 9. Can I just see Townsville? Can I see Townsville? Are you learning something? I know you may not have a mic, but, but I, know I know that, that you, you are connected. connected. Take, Take your, your seats seat in, in the presence, presence of, of God. God. My, My God. God. Can, Can I, I see, see Brisbane? Brisbane? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank, Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. God, God is, is doing, doing something, something new in your, in your life, life in the name, name of Jesus. Jesus. Can, Can I, I see PNG? Thank you, Jesus. You are highly favored in the name of Jesus. So highly favored. So highly favored. Take, Take your, your seat, seat in the, the presence, presence of God. God. Can, Can I, I see, see Sydney? Sydney? Powerful, powerful, powerful. Is there a specific purpose for me? Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 to 10. 
verse 8. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. We are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. So when we became born again, God recreated us, fixed everything that could have been a problem that happened before we were born again, fixed it all, gave us a new person, recreated us unto good works. You know, there is something I have understood about Paul. And it has changed the way I understand what he writes. You know, Paul says that what I am teaching you, I got it by revelation. Do you remember that? The whole dispensation was given to him by revelation. If you are given a dispensation, it's not like you sit down like this and God is telling you things and you are writing. No. God takes you to heaven and shows you by your eyes what he means by a new dispensation. Are you hearing me, somebody? God did not just sit with Moses to give him the commandments or to tell him the temple you must build like this. No, 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 no. God took Moses into heaven and showed him the temple and said, go down and build this temple according to the pattern of what I showed you on the mount. So Paul, he said, I know of a man who was taken into the third heaven and he heard unspeakable things. That he, some of them is not even allowed to utter. So when Paul says, you are his workmanship, it's not something that he has worked out in his mind. Uh -uh. God showed him while he was in heaven that look at this new creation that I have made. He could see that there were people who were old people and he could see that the new church of Jesus Christ was looking new. Come on, somebody. He could see from that perspective. He could see that the people that are in Christ, because this time Christ has risen, this would not have been given to him beforehand. So he was looking down to this earth and seeing two groups of people and seeing those who are in Christ are looking like new creatures, recreated in Christ Jesus. And he could see that they were already good works. For these people that God had already created for them before the world began. My God. Unto good works which God ordained that we must walk in them. This is purpose. This is your purpose. It's the good works that God created for you to walk in them. For you to live in those things. For you to do those things, that is purpose. Remember, purpose is not just one thing. It's not one thing. It's a group of works that you have to walk in. So as you walk in those works, 
when you look behind, you can sort of see a picture of what's happening to you. Are you hearing me? Purpose is not about God has made you to be a doctor. Even though God can tell you that you should become a doctor. And we are a prophetic ministry. Okay? I love the prophetic. I do that myself. If the Lord revealed something to me, I would be saying it. That God is leading you, for example, to be a doctor. But it does not mean that that is all. It doesn't mean that you should just go to school and study and become a doctor and say, when you graduate, oh, I have become what God wanted me. No, it's about good works. He's trying to give you a platform. Maybe there is somebody who will be in the hospital who yourself must save the life of that person for the purposes of God to be fulfilled. God has put something in you. Maybe he has put a skill. You will be the best surgeon. And maybe there will be a president. They are sick, ready to die. And a God will use you. It's the works. It's not the name. It's a platform. Are you hearing me, somebody? God would have called me to be a prophetess, for example. It's not about me trying to be a prophetess or getting the anointing of a prophetess and saying that I'm a prophetess. No. It's the good works. What am I doing to help somebody? Maybe God will put in my path a woman who has lost hope. Am I able to restore the hope in that woman? It is the works that I'm doing. When God says, speak to this person, can I speak or am I ashamed? It's not about, God does not even call me prophetess. He just calls me by my name. Because he does not care what I am called. He just cares in my good works. What am I doing? So purpose is not just a matter of, oh my God, maybe I'm going to miss it. Maybe when I went to university, I should have been this, I became that. It's good works that God has created for you. In fact, if, oh my God. It's good works. Let's move on. How do I know my purpose? I'm telling you, each one of these things I can teach for weeks. Just on the one thing. How do I know my purpose? I think this is the biggest question that a lot of people have. And a lot of us would rather that somebody should just tell us what our purpose is. We like the answer of like just an angel should appear. Or Papa should prophesy and just tell me. Or, you know, we want the easy way. It's okay to want the easy way. And in fact, we are in a prophetic ministry. So for so many things, we do have things easy because we have got the gift of God in our midst. But there are many ways of knowing what our purpose is. And I looked in the Bible at women. Not many women were given purpose in a divine manner. You can be given purpose in a divine manner. That's one of the ways. 
an angel of God can tell you. A man of God can tell you. So, for example, Mary, an angel of God came to Mary and said, Oh, my God, you are highly favored. You are going to have a child. He is the king of his kingdom. There will be no end. What a wonderful way for Mary to know. This was a big part of what her life was going to be. It was not the only thing, but it was a big part of what was going to happen to her. Esther, a man of God, Mordecai, told her, you may have been born for a time like this. And she stepped up in faith. However, I want you to understand that even when a purpose is divinely given to you, it is not the whole thing. I've told you purpose is more about works, what you're going to have to do. It's not the whole thing. God has created all these works. He doesn't tell you everything. In fact, if God told you everything, some of you would never accept it. You will refuse. Either you will say it's too hard or you will say, I can't do it. I'm not adequate for it. Which is the thing that happened to all of these people who angels appeared to. Gideon said, no, not me. You have made a mistake. Mary said, how can it be? Even Sarah laughed. Even Moses said, I can't do it. Please give me Aaron. I can't even speak. Do you understand what I'm saying? Even Jeremiah, we read here, he said, ah, Lord, I'm just a boy. If God had told me, you are going to be the wife of a man of God, you are going to be in full-time ministry, I would have refused. <laughs> Understand that. God did not tell me that way. He just led me slowly to come to a point where now I had been cornered. hearing me I would not have accepted it and I would have missed either I would have thrown such big tantrums or I don't know what would have happened so even when something is divinely given to you by the way the angel of God came to Mary and said you are highly favored by God the angel did not say by the way this child of yours will cause you pain by the way, do you know that as soon as this child is born, you'll be running as a refugee to Egypt? The angel never said those things. That you will be at the cross, your spirit crashed while your son is dying. The angel never said that. He said of his kingdom, there shall be no end. Said you are favored amongst all women. He didn't say, by the way, this son of yours, being the firstborn, will never be at home taking care of you. He will be out there. You will never see him. Even at 12, you will be looking for him for three days. He never said those things. So even if things are given to you on a silver plate, they are things you must discover yourself. On the journey. And for one who is taught divinely, and one who just follows God, they are all going to their destination. 
In fact, some people, when they are told this is what you will become, they sit down waiting for it to happen and they can get frustrated because they're doing nothing. They're just waiting. God has spoken. So therefore, let me cross my legs. Next thing, another supernatural thing will happen and I will move. You know, I will move out of my house like I will fly. An angel will come and pick me up to where I'm supposed to be going. No, 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 no. It's a journey. There are pointers that tell you that point towards your purpose. So I said you can have it divinely spoken, but it's still a pointer. It will never be the full thing, never. When God said, take these children of Israel, I have called you to take them out of Egypt into the promised land. He never said, by the way, these people are so difficult. I hope that you will make it yourself to the promised land. He never said it. But God told him, there is a land I have for these people. And Moses himself couldn't even make it there because the people were so difficult. He never told him, by the way, you will wander in the desert. Never. But God has foreknowledge. He knew these people are difficult. Are you understanding me? So there are pointers that will be given to you. It, it can be divine pointer. As I said, a man of God can speak into your life. Divinely, you can have dreams like Joseph, which are pointing. They are all pointing to something. And sometimes you can just have passion. A passion for something. You know, some people have got a, a passion for children. Others have got a passion, um, I don't know, for sports. Passion for different things. They are all pointers. Somewhere, somehow in there is what God has created me for. Sometimes it's something that bothers you. You know, sometimes the, the world has got problems. There is problems all over the world. Sometimes you may find that other people are not bothered by something that's happening, but you yourself, you are bothered by it. You know, there are people who have done great things to help stop slavery of women or slavery of children. They couldn't sit down. It bothered them. They said, I have to do something. You feel like you are the only one who must do that thing, and if you don't do it, it will not happen. Those are, those are pointers to what you must be doing. Sometimes people see things in you that yourself you don't see. A friend of mine that I was working with um, at council, the, I, I was, she's a very good friend. She's, a, she's an amazing lady, and she may be watching me now because I saw her registration. We were sitting very close to each other for probably a year or two years. What I noticed was when people came to her desk, when people had problems, they would come to her desk and talk and talk about personal things. Not professional, personal things. And I saw it over and over and over. And if she heard something about me, maybe I said, today I'm not at work, maybe I've taken my son to the hospital or something, or something like that. She will follow it up, follow it up, follow it up, just with text, 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 text. She will know exactly what has happened, and she will not let go until the thing is finished. So before I left council, I told her that, do you know that this thing in you is a gift? 
And I began to tell her, why is it that people in this office, they just like sitting at your desk. And when I overhear the conversation, it's not professional, it's personal issues. She had not even noticed it. And she was very keen to hear me speak about purpose from last year when I said in Townsville I was going to speak about purpose this year. So there could be things that people see in you that maybe yourself you don't even see. You do them naturally. They are pointing to your purpose. Sometimes it could be a tragic situation that happened to you. Now listen to me very carefully. If you are born with a star to do something, and we are all born with stars, our purpose, what God has put inside, the devil will pursue that very thing to try to kill it. Okay? Which is why sometimes when things happen to you, which are bad things that have happened at a time that you could not have any control, most of the time when you were young or you were vulnerable, and somewhere, somehow, things happened to you, you must understand that that's the very thing. There is a key there that the devil was trying to fight, and God protected you. So, for example, if God was going to use you, I'm using example of children a lot. I don't know who I'm talking to. But if God was going to use you to help orphans, for example, if, you, if God wanted you to do something in that area, do you know that most of those people will lose their parents or their parents divorce or something? so that they could grow up without parents, so that when they are grown up, at a time they should fulfill their purpose, they should say, I don't know what to do with children because I never had parents myself. It's the very thing the devil wants you to say that thing. And that's why I say, sometimes I hear men saying, I cannot be a father. I never had a father. Do you know that the devil is fighting that very fathership in you because there is something in your children that God wants you to raise? And what happened to you in the past was not God. The devil was trying to stop you from becoming a good father. Do you know you can say that God will teach me to become a good father for the sake of my children? In the same way, mother. You know, mothers can have excuses I do these things because my mother was never there or something like that. No. Things, those things, pain in your life, what you have gone through in your life is a badge for you. It's a badge. Do you know a badge? It's your value. The more badges you have on your life, the more value you have. Come on, somebody. Some of those things are pointers to exactly what you must do in your life because you understand what happened to you and you are the best person to help the next person navigate their situation. Every pain that you overcome is your badge, not the one that defeats you. The one that defeats you is a demotion. And that's why many people, even their personalities change because of pain. They become worse and worse people because the pain has defeated them. But you can overcome the pain. It becomes your badge and your value just skyrockets. 
you make up your mind what you want to do with your pain. You make up your mind whether you're going to sit down and think about it and rehearse it in your mind and worry about how unfortunate you were or you're going to turn it into a badge. You look backwards. You, sometimes I look back at my life and I wrote this thing on Facebook the other day. You, you look back at your life and you say, God, if it hadn't been for that situation, how would you have taught me this lesson? Sometimes I look back and honestly, I have to wonder if I never went through some of the most painful things that I went through in my life, would I have learned such valuable lessons of life? For example, how to value people, to value people. It's one of the fundamental important things of your life is to value people no matter how they look or their background. But these are not lessons that you just tell a person. Some people, no matter what you tell them, they never put value on anyone. Some of these lessons come out of pain. You understand sometimes when you lose people that people are valuable. Are you there, somebody? I have to ask myself that the character that God needs in a woman of God, how else would have God have taught me if I hadn't gone through some of the things that I went through? I'm not saying that God brought those things, but God allowed them because he knew I could do it. The Bible says there is no temptation that has come to man except that which I am able to overcome. Unless that which is common to man. And the Bible says in it God has a way of escape. So I always ask myself the question. And I say thank God. You know Nelson Mandela. The reason why he's one of the most celebrated presidents. Is because he was in a prison for 27 years. Because his very destiny was what was being targeted. But it never broke him. He came out of there and was still able to function as a president. 27 years. That's his value. That was his value. You could stand all the presidents here, but his value is high. Why? The pain he went through is big, but he overcame it. It points to the very purpose. My God. My God, from today onwards, you're going to have to pay to, to turn that pain into your badges. You look at yourself in, your, in the spirit, you see badges. You should go and look at those decorated servicemen. Go look at them carefully and have that picture in your mind. That's you in the spirit. See the badges all over you. You say, this one I've overcome. This one I've overcome. This one I've overcome. If a child comes to me today, I say, I went through something so tragic. I saw my father dying at a young age. I'll say, I understand. I have more value than most of you because I saw my father dying at a young age. I'll tell him, I know exactly what was going on in your mind. Are you understanding what I'm saying? My value there is high. But if somebody said to me, my parents are divorced, I don't know that. Somebody else has higher value than me in that subject. 
I can't speak as a woman of God, but I can't speak out of experience when it comes to that subject matter. But some of you have such value. Are you hearing me, somebody? Somebody can say to me, I was bullied when I was in an Australian high school. I never grew up in an Australian high school. I can speak as a woman of God, but some of you know what exactly these children are talking about because you grew up in those same schools. Your value is higher than my value when it comes to that. But it must be that you have overcome the bulliness. Not that now your life is so down because you keep saying I was bullied in high school. You cannot have any value in that matter if that's how you think or speak. Just know that this is not my area. If it has defeated you, that's what you'll be saying. You'll be saying my life would have been different if it hadn't been for the bullying. But somebody will be saying, thank God they bullied me. I became what I am. I now know my value. That person can help a young child who is being bullied. Are you there, somebody? The other one is useless. Same situation. Another one has value. They appoint us to your purpose. I'm going to have to. Ah. Just speak in tongues for a little bit. Speak in tongues, speak in tongues. In tongues, we'll just stand up and speak in tongues. Just let these things sink into your spirit. I say that the change that is happening to you this weekend is permanent. I want you to just stretch yourself, stretch yourself. In the mighty name of Jesus. In all the different campuses. Can you show me all the campuses together? I want us to just rise up and speak in tongues. Speak in tongues. Speak in tongues. Just speak in tongues. Speak in tongues. Allow the Holy Spirit to settle that word in you. Allow the Holy Spirit to settle that word. To settle that word in you. My God, Karataya Nolobosa, Makaya Teleben Nolobosa, Marika Tababa Nolobosata, Karataya Nolobosika. My God, my God, my God, Karataya Nolobosa, Shetaliba Nolobosa. Let's just have one worship song. Thank you, Jesus. I just want you to allow the Holy Spirit to do a work in you before I finish off. Thank you, Jesus. Karataya Nolobosa. Say to the Lord, thank you, I am born for a purpose. Just be telling the Lord, just be thanking the Lord. Wherever you are, on our online platform, on my Gabriella Facebook, church.online platform, I just want you, and on the, on the vmix in all the different campuses, just say, Lord, thank you, you created me for a purpose.
my goodness I want to show you a sure way of knowing your purpose I've told you pointers I want to show you a sure way now we have to be on a marathon Exodus chapter 31 I want to show you how God did it once because God said to Moses that I have shown you a tabernacle and everything that is inside that I want you to go and create. How did God transfer this information so that people could understand what to do? Exodus 31, I'll read from verse um, 2, uh, from verse 1, from verse 1 to verse 5. Okay, I'll go to verse 6. And the, word, and the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, See, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri. So I'm saying that God had, was, uh, had commanded Moses to build a temple. And God was giving Moses somebody who would help him. In the same way that we are building our church here in Streams International. That we have a vision and God sends people to help us with the vision. But you may also be watching me from another church where God has also put you. So God had a will and the will of God was I'm building my temple and I want it done this way, this way, this way. It was in the mind of God. It was in heaven. And God had shown that to Moses. But Moses couldn't do it because Moses was a prophet. He was not a, a sculptor or a goldsmith or somebody who knows how to sew. He just knows to say, this is what God has taught me. But there were people that God had called. So he says, and the Lord spake unto Moses saying, see I have called by name Bezalel the son of Uri, the son of Har of the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the spirit of God in wisdom and in understanding and in knowledge and in all manner of workmanship to devise cunning works, to work in gold and in silver and in brass and in cutting of stones to set them in curving timber to work in all manner of workmanship. And I, behold, I have given with him Aholiab, the son of Ahimasak, of the tribe of Dan. And in the hearts of all that are wise-hearted, I have put wisdom that they may make all that I have commanded thee. Have you understood that? So there are people that God called by name. I told you that other people can be divinely appointed. Okay? So by name, he was, Moses was given a name, Bezalel. And, um, and who? Aholiab. I've given you these two people and I've put wisdom in them. That is going to help them to know what to do in the house of God. How to put up those walls in the house of God. How to make the stage. How to make what in the house of God. But there were also other unnamed ones. Which God said, all the people who are wise-hearted. Which means the people that were like carpenters or Godsmith already. God said, I have put extra wisdom in them. 
that they are going to help these two people. So you are seeing God's same purpose. Others, he points them out because they were leaders, so he had to come and actually tell them. But then there were others that God still put his spirit in them to still fulfill the purpose of God. Are you hearing me, somebody? And then, let me show you what transpired. Go to the same Exodus chapter 35, 26 to 27. Let's see what happened. Uh, okay, I'll go chapter 35, 25 to 26. I'll be going quickly, I've said, so just be opening your Bible. And all the women that were wise-hearted did spin with their hands and brought that which they had spun, both of blue and of purple and of scarlet and of fine linen. And all the women whose hearts steered them up in wisdom, they spun the God's hair. Are you understanding? So these other people that God is saying, there are others that I have put my spirit. What was happening was that in their heart they were feeling, this is what I need to be doing. Even though Moses didn't come to them to point at them, the ones that their heart steered them to do something, it was still God talking. That is the sure way that God talks to every one of us. Even some unbelievers feel taken, be stirred up by God to do God's purpose. It comes from within. They feel this is the thing I must do. Let's see what, let's, let's continue seeing that example. Chapter 36, verse 1 to 2. Then we hear of Bezalel again here. Exodus 36, verse 1 to 2. Then wrote Bezalel and Aholiab, and every wise-hearted man in whom the Lord put wisdom and understanding to know. Okay, I need to read again so you don't miss it. Then wrote Bezalel and Aholiab, and every wise-hearted man in whom the Lord put wisdom and understanding to know how to work all manner of work for the service of the sanctuary according to all that the Lord had commanded. And Moses called Bezalel and Aholiab and every wise-hearted man in whose heart the Lord had put wisdom, even everyone whose heart steered him up to come to the work to do it. Remember when we were talking about this conference, I said we need money, but I said, God, whoever will be steered up is the one that God is speaking to, to give for the conference. And I said, money will be given and it will all be covered. Because people will feel like it's me, I must give. So God put, listen to verse, to verse um, one. For these people to know God's purpose, how to do what God wanted. He put his spirit in them so that they should just know. Now understand. So that they should just know. Not that, they sh uh, not, not that Moses should teach them to say that when you make the angel, make him like this, like this. Make uh, put a hammer here, hammer there. Make it like this. <laughs> Moses just said, describe the cherubim. But these people from the inside of them knew where to bend, where to straighten, where to what? They knew it. They just had to know it had to come from the inside. That's what happens to purpose. If God wants you to know what you are supposed to be doing, that's why he has given you the spirit of God inside of you. So that you just know it flows from you. So these people, this skill flowed. They knew. The Bible says the Lord has put wisdom and understanding so that they can know how to do it. If you know, you know yourself. You're not asking anybody any question. 
let me show you how it ended. Go to Exodus chapter 39, verse 32. I'm going quickly here, but don't lose me. You can watch it again. I don't want you to lose anything. Exodus 39, verse 32. When they finished the work, huh? Verse 32 says, Thus all the work of the tabernacle of the tent of the congregation finished. And the children of Israel did according to all that the Lord commanded Moses, so did they. Okay, so let's stop there first. So these people that were called by God and the ones who were stayed up, they all went away to do their work. They went, Moses was not sitting there supervising them. To say, no, that one is too short, that one, no, 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 no. It was coming from inside the people. Because God said, for me to transfer what I want, I must just put my spirit inside the person. And the spirit makes you just know something. So, now they finished the work and now they are bringing it to Moses. My goodness, I love this. So, verse 42 of the same chapter 39 says, According to all that the Lord commanded Moses, so the children of Israel made all the work. And now Moses is inspecting. And Moses did look upon all the work. Verse 43. And behold. He was surprised. And behold. They had done it as the Lord had commanded. Even so they had done it. And Moses blessed them. They brought the finished product to Moses. And Moses said, my God, this is exactly what I saw in heaven. This is exactly the pattern. But it came from where? Inside. Your purpose is the promptings that God is giving you every day. So some of you now know, ah, I'm already working in my purpose. Because God prompts you to do something. The moment God prompts you to do something, whether you're working at a nursing home, God moves you to a particular patient. Pray for this patient. Or please ask to be the carer of this patient. You know what is happening to you? You, just, you should tell yourself, God has brought me to this place for a purpose. So he moves you. It comes from within you. It's not your supervisor that says, go look after that. Mm -mm -mm. Even if your supervisor says that, it already started within you. Say, how can I tell my supervisor that I need to look after this lady? There is something about this lady. God is speaking to you. You must be confident when such things happen. When you are in the house of God and there is a need and you feel like I'm the only one who must do this one. And you put your hand up. You must know that I have been brought here for this reason and purpose. And you must know you are working in your purpose. I told you purpose is not one thing. It's many things. The Lord moves you. Moves you. I mean, how do I know how to do conference or anything like that? God just moved upon my heart. One year, a long time ago, do this one. And I tried it. And then how do I know what, what, what uh, theme we are following? It's just coming from inside. And those are the things that touch people. Your purpose was, is being put there by the Spirit of God so that you may know. Look at 1 Corinthians 2 verse 9 to 10. My God. Look at my time. It's gone. Don't worry, I'll finish. But, to, but for now, let me just finish here. On 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 9 to 10, I will finish there and I will continue later on. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9 to 10. That's my last verse for this time. My God, thank you, Jesus. 
1 Corinthians. This is my favorite chapter. I've memorized 1 Corinthians, um, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. All of it, I've memorized it. It's one of my favorite chapters. I, I, have, I have a few favorite memory chapters. This is one of them. You want to know what the other one is? Romans chapter 8. I've memorized all of Romans chapter 8. It's my favorite one as well. I look through the, the, the books of the Bible and I mark which one I must memorize, which is my favorite, and I work on it. So now these two are in my head like nobody's business. <laughs> First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 to 10. But as it is written, I have not seen, nor ear heard, neither have it entered into the heart of man, the thing which God has prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed the man to us by his spirit. For the spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of the man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man, but the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know. My goodness. Ha. The things that are freely given to us by God. So the Bible says, I has not seen. Remember I told you at the beginning, we originated in the thoughts of God. There are books for us. There is a book written for you in heaven. Those are the things that the Bible is saying, no eye has seen them yet. No ear has heard. They have not entered into the natural man, the things that God has prepared for them that love him. But for God to make us know them, he just took of his spirit because his spirit already knows these things. So instead of God always having to tell you something, he takes his spirit and puts in you so that you should just know, not believe, know the things that God has prepared for you. Come on, somebody. Are you hearing me here? God has trouble having to tell you everything because the thoughts he has are so many. David said, if I counted your thoughts, they are like the sand of the seashore. So do you want God to be telling you thoughts that are sand of the seashore? He can't do it. How long is that going to take to tell you his thoughts that are as many as that? David said, your thoughts, these things are too high for me. Such knowledge is too high. Before I speak, you already know. But when I think, you already know. You have plenty of thoughts for me. The Bible says, I know the thoughts I have for you, Jeremiah 21. There are many thoughts. So, God has a shortcut. He just takes his spirit, who knows everything about God, and he puts it inside of you. The Bible says, so that you may know these things that are freely given to you by God. So it comes from within you as a prompt from within you. 
as a gut feel. I must do something as an excitement. You know, sometimes when uh, maybe in your church, in our church here, sometimes our prophet comes here and he says, I've got this project in Malawi. Sometimes you just get moved. I need to help. And you are the only one following up. What happened with those children? Those things are coming from the inside of you. Maybe there is a need to buy a church. You say, as for me, even my house I can sell so that this building must be built. And you find that not, not everyone is like you. They are things that are coming from inside of you. God takes of his spirit to save him the time to talk to you. Because we live in this age which is bound by time. If his thoughts are like the sea, you, how long is it going to take you for God to tell you thoughts that are as much as the sea? So he puts his spirit inside of your spirit. And from that time on, you just know. So the spirit you have on the inside of you is for you to know. Not to believe that maybe this is my destiny, uh, 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 but to know. But to know. We were being taught everything you need is already inside of you. So when you speak things, sometimes it's words you are speaking to people. Those are still thoughts. God has put you in that place that you can speak a particular uh, word to this particular person. There are too many things in this world that we do that God has a say on. Sometimes he sits you next to somebody on the train because you need to say something to them. Maybe they're on their way to commit suicide or something. You just know I must speak to this person. My God. My God. And yet some of you, let me, let me finish here. You know me, when I am writing my things, you know, with social media, I have actually believed even in God's word more that every person has something unique to give. I have seen products that people have produced that I've never seen in this world. And everybody wants it. I've heard songs that people have sung that people are so blessed with. I've, I've seen all of these things. And I've seen people just speak words there. Some preach, some just write. Amazing things. But let me tell you, only the thing that comes from your spirit speaks universal language. You didn't hear me. Only these thoughts of God that are revealed by his spirit, that comes from within you. They are the ones that speak universal language. So some of you, I don't write anything on Facebook. I can write an announcement, that's fine, information. But me, if I'm writing something, it's unless I'm prompted, it has come from the Holy Ghost, from inside of me, from my heart. If it has come from there, that's what I write. Go and read everything. From the time I started my Gabriella page, go to everything. Every, every one of those things will inspire someone. But some of you on Facebook, I just know you, you are fighting with someone. You are fighting with someone. I just know. Even if you use a verse, I know that this one is fighting with someone. They have put a verse there. It does not mean nothing to anyone. I know this is a fight. Their husband has done something. Their friend has done something. In church, something has happened. What, what? That's what you are putting there. It's inspiring no one. No one. 
You can put as many verses as you want. They inspire nobody. Wait for the bubblings of your spirit. Put them there. Pa! Somebody in the U.S. will give their life to Jesus. Somebody in Africa will be healed. Are you hearing me, somebody? Somebody in the Asia-Pacific region who has lost hope will gain their hope back. I'm not ashamed of a single thing I put on my Facebook. Some of you will go now and delete, delete. You should go to your Facebook and delete those things that you were writing there because you are fighting with someone. Go take them off. Go delete, 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 delete. I'm not ashamed to tell the whole world to go to Gabriella. And the things that I'm writing is not that every time I'm fine that people are not fighting me. They are. But you never see it there. And I can stay days not, not putting anything there. Because I haven't felt the bubbling. So I just say quiet. And on the day that it comes, my friend, you will know that it's coming from the Holy Ghost now. Come on, somebody. Go clean up your Facebooks. I don't want any of my daughters, my sisters, fighting people. No. Go take it off. Clean it up. Have a clean slate. Don't you know that every idle word that comes out of your mouth, you have to give account to, for it? You think that idle word is only what you speak? You don't think it's what you speak through social media is an idle word? Any idle word you speak, you must give account before God. You have no business fighting anyone on social media. Preach the gospel. Inspire a woman. Come on, somebody. Give hope. Give life. Change somebody's destiny. Rise up on your feet wherever you are. Rise up on your feet, whichever campus. Can I see all the campuses? I want now to release them because now they are going. Some of them will connect again, but some of them um, are finished. Raise up your hands, everybody. My God, raise up your hands. Thank you, Lord, for these women. You said in your word that whatever fruit that I have, it will last. Today, I have spoken to your children. Today, I have spoken to my sisters in the Lord. I've spoken to thousands of people, hundreds of people who are watching, hundreds of them. They will, some of them are going to watch at another time, um, you know, after this conference is finished. But Lord, this word I speak in the name of Jesus, that it is permanent in the name of Jesus. I speak that it's permanent in the name of Jesus. I speak that it has changed their lives in the name of Jesus. I speak that the shift is permanent in the name of Jesus. I speak life. I speak life. I speak life. I speak life to every word I have spoken. Let the Spirit of God work in their lives in a special way. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. To all the people who are watching and on the platforms and in our campuses, I love you so much. You have no idea how much I love you. I hope that some of you, I'll see you in the afternoon session, but then some of you, we are seeing you tonight connected at home. I am mindful you are there wherever you are and on our online platform. I'm mindful you are there. I love you so much. And shalom. This has been a live stream broadcast from Sydney, Australia. With Prophet Gerald Niasulu, PhD, Streams International Church.
is a church that was established in Townsville, Queensland, Australia in 2007. This ministry has now... We believe you have been blessed by this inspiring message from the heart of our Lord. Do not miss our next conference. For more information, visit www.streams.org.au or call 1-300-361-971. Keep radiating the love of Jesus to the world.